Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now launching SECQB in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have lift off. All right, welcome back to SECQB podcast presented by Believe Network. I'm your co-host, Riley Sinyard, uh, joined by our great producer, Mr. Alex Carter, and our always with the music. Where did that thing come from? It looks like you stole that from a daycare. That's incredible. I might have. <laughs> it's, a xyl- <laughs> it's a xylophone that also it's a tiger. works it's as a tiger. tiger. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. And our, uh, our main host, uh, Mr. Zach Mettenberger. Zach, you there? Wait, did we call him? Zach can't join us this week, so it's just me and Carter running the show. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a shorter session here, uh, but wanted to recap, you know, come up, some of the games from last week and uh, update everybody on our our swirly season, the swirly bowl, the standings there. Gap has been narrowed, but not too much. You got Zach in last place still with seven misses overall through the season. Carter's second with six misses so far, and I'm in first with five misses. So it's a neck and neck battle here. It's changing every week. Um, we, we were pretty pretty even on the first six or seven slates. Uh, the first one, Carter and I got a lead on Zach. He had Mississippi State. We had Memphis. Uh, Memphis was an underdog at home. They came out uh, and came back, fought hard in the second half, ended up winning that game, I think, by mm-hmm. 10 or 14 points. Um, the other one I lost a pick on. I had Auburn. I had the Auburn Tigers going to Penn State and Big Ten country and upsetting them during the whiteout. Uh, I think they had every chance to. Uh, Bo Nix did not do what he was supposed to do down the stretch. It's something that he's been criticized for, playing on the road, getting it done. They just didn't seem to have the juices flowing all the way through the game. They fought hard early. The refs, it was a strange situation with that game. It was an SEC Hmm. crew of refs, uh, which you usually see for a mixed conference game like that, maybe like a Pac-12 set or somebody else from a different conference. And there was a lot of missed calls um, from – like managing downs to bad calls on both sides of the ball. It was interesting. Uh, not that that had any effect on the game. It just had an effect on viewing the game. At one point, Penn State punted on third down, I think. Um, Wait, what? The, yeah, they like missed <laughs> They like missed a down. Uh, somehow it was like third and 12 in Penn State. Like the linesman thought, marked it as fourth and 12, and the rest didn't get it right. Penn State thought it was fourth down. It was really third and 12, and they punted the football. That's um, strange. Very strange stuff that happens in like middle school games was happening on this primetime game. But uh, the other miss was our man Carter. I I love your loyalty. He stuck with Vandy over Stanford and Stanford (laughs) obviously got the job done. Me and Zach had Stanford there. Um, But a pretty even pretty even slate. Uh, I feel like, you know, majority of them, we picked the favorites and they pulled out. One that was interesting was I was shaking in my boots for the pick, but then I looked back and realized we all took Kentucky. But, you know, we've been bragging on Kentucky a little bit all through the year. Kentucky struggled with UT Chattanooga for the majority of that game, Carter, and came back in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter and got it done and won by a very small margin. Uh, did not cover the spread by any means, but got the win, which that's all that matters in those type of games. Your players sometimes don't get up for those, but they're going to have to get up getting on the road to South Carolina this week. That's for sure. Um, so, like, you know, the, the main game of last week, Bama, Florida, what happened there? We, we have, I think yeah. we all thought that Bama was going to run away with it. Yeah, everybody did. Um, and, and, and Bama came out with that, you know, by, at the end of the 
first quarter, second quarter, you're like, okay, yeah, Bama's got it. They're going to, you know, they're up three touchdowns or they're up three scores. This is where Bama usually runs away with it. They came out in the second half and just did not finish the job there, uh, let Florida completely back into the game. You know, there's a big series I look at that kind of opened it up for Florida is the 99-yard drive. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not what Alabama does. They're known for getting off the field in that type of situation. They've got the quarterback pinned back on the one-yard line, and it's a third and shorter, third and mid-range. I think it was third and eight, third and seven, something like that. Somebody breaks on a ball trying to make a big play, make an interception, loses their man, um, and ends up giving up a first down completion, which then led to Florida just controlling the clock, running the football down the field on Alabama, um, and and kind of taking pace and taking over. If it wasn't for Alabama making a big stop there on that two point conversion uh, late in the game, two minutes and forty something seconds left, we got a tied ball game at you know thirty one with two minutes left. You're looking at overtime, and I believe if that game goes to overtime, Florida wins that ball game. Florida had all the momentum in the second half. They had Alabama's number. Mm-hmm. They had their ticket. If they, if they get that two point conversion, they take that thing to overtime. You're looking at a big upset in Gainesville, but. Um, Good news for Florida fans is you, you you weren't expected to win that game. They were 14 point, 14 and a half point dogs at home. Um, and you get, you know, not only do you cover that game, but you show great signs of being able to play up in these big games, especially after they, you know, they didn't have the hottest start against Florida Atlantic. They, they smashed South Florida, but still made a lot of mistakes. The greatest news for Florida fans and as much as we love Emory Jones and, and EJ had a great game he went 18 to 28 he threw a pick he threw a touchdown he rushed for 77 yards on 19 attempts so he was running the ball a lot more especially in the second half but still not just I mean that's 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 good game management that's not out that's not outrageous numbers at quarterback but like I said this AR 15 Anthony Richardson the redshirt freshman backup quarterback didn't play a snap in the game against Alabama I think he's the better quarterback and is going to be the future for Florida. He, he's the one who tied Tim Tebow's record in the South Florida game for rushing and passing over 100 yards in a game. I mean, he, he is a true talent. He didn't play a single snap because he still got a little bit of a tweaked hamstring. But looking ahead for Florida fans, that's good news. You're, you've got a, a quarterback who I believe is more talented and skillful than Emory, Emory Jones is, and he's not even getting to play really yet. And so it's like it's going to be interesting to get him in there in some of these big games as Florida's schedule goes deeper in the East. The Florida-Georgia game, watch out. It's going to be a banger. Um, What else? We talked about the Auburn-Penn State game a little bit. Um, Yeah, that was one of those games where, you know, um, like I said, I picked Auburn just because I thought – I I just kind of weigh that out as conference-to-conference play, SEC versus Big Ten. And and Auburn, even though they played uh, two very easy opponents in their first two weeks, they put up a ton of points, and Bo Nix looked great. You know, I heard somebody, I can't remember who it was, somebody on ESPN or, or one of those networks kind of pre-gaming the, pre-talking the game, you know, said something about the, the true test is going to be Bo Nix, where his, his pain point has been in the past year or two is traveling and getting on the road and um, being able to have that confidence and still put up those points against a better opponent, a higher ranked opponent, and outside of, you know, the planes, off the planes and, you know, at Penn State, a big atmosphere. They did the wide out. I think it was the 10th or 11th wide out they've ever done, which was, it was a rocking atmosphere. I'm sure it's a tough atmosphere to play in, but that, that, that came down. I mean, Auburn's defense, I thought played as well as they should have. There was a couple big plays they gave up. Um, there was, like I said, a couple questionable calls on both sides for both teams in that game, mm-hmm. which that were kind of big 
big plays, monumental plays. But outside of that, I mean, it was it, it was as, as poorly as it was officiated. It was evenly officiated. So that's not an excuse for either squad. But yeah, I just think it came down to Bo Nix not having the juice, not having the sauce to get it done in the end to be, step up and be a leader and take over the game. Um, Auburn just couldn't quite get it going on offense. Tank Bigsby though is an absolute beast. I love watching him run the football. Um, I think he is a the best running back in the SEC is my take there. In your opinion, like who had the better O line? Penn State. Penn State won in the trenches. I think that was the. I mean, offensive line. Auburn played better than they should have. Auburn's offensive line is not as highly touted, but they got the job mm. done. They were getting. They were getting, especially early in the game. First half, Auburn. Auburn played. Auburn's offense played a lot better. It was when they got down in the second half and they started having to force Bo Nix into situate passing situations, and Penn State kind of knew it. And they were able to get a little pressure on him. They were able to get some coverages, you know, spy him a little bit and make him have to run around and then definitely throw the football and not get much with his legs. If you can do that to Bo Nix when you're down, I feel like that's kind of the pressure game. And so – but Penn State's defensive line did great. Their offensive line did great. Penn State ran the ball well. Um, But Auburn ran the ball well too. I mean, a lot of that credit is is Tank Bigsby, but it starts with your offensive line. It doesn't matter how good your running back is. It starts with your offensive line. Um, and so, yeah, they were getting pushed. They were getting separation. They were they were blowing some guys off the ball, especially early in the game, which was impressive. And and, and as an Auburn fan, you like to see that. That's a win that you weren't you weren't expected to win. You were a six point dog. Um, they didn't cover, but they played the game just about how Vegas thought it should be played. Um, I think as an Auburn fan or as part of a coach or part of that program, you watch that game film and go back. There's about four plays, four to six plays that you would go back and go, damn, I wish we could do that over again. And it can, and it can mm. change the outcome of the game. So that, that, and that makes up, that's the recipe for a great football game. Um, you know, it's not, it wasn't dominant on either side. So it was a good game to watch. And, um, you know, Auburn didn't drop out of the top 25. Uh, I think they dropped back to 24. 22, 24 and Penn State was, yeah. says, yeah, what, what are they? Yeah, I can't. They might have stayed right uh, where they were. 23, 23. 23, yeah. So they pretty much yeah. stayed right where they were, dropped a spot. But Penn State ju- jumps up to what? What is Penn six. State at? Yeah. Yeah, six. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so they jumped from 10 to six or 11 to six, whatever it was. They jumped four or five spots up after beating a lesser ranked opponent at home, which. You don't see that very often, but that's that gives a lot of respect to Auburn and to the the conference as a whole um, because they consider that Penn State considers that and the, or you know the the judging panel here the AP poll gives Auburn a bunch of credit there um, as a quality win for Penn State to jump them up that mm-hmm. much even though Auburn's ranked less or Auburn's got a tough schedule coming up. I mean all the SEC has a tough schedule coming up because the that's uh, the SEC yeah that's the SEC <laughs> exactly but uh, so. It's a quality loss. I always hate that term. It's a quality loss, though, for Auburn and a quality win for Penn State. You don't see that much. So, looking at the schedule last week, let's see how many how many games were played last week. Like ten or twelve. Ten home teams won, and the last two yeah, were Vanderbilt and, and Florida. And so that you know, I think the uh, the crowds having a huge impact on the game this year. There weren't as many people in the stands last year. Yeah, yeah, it's like amplified. Home field advantage is always such a big thing in college. It's not as it's not as big of a thing. Eh. I hate to say that, but it doesn't seem to be as big of a thing in pro sports. Um, mm-hmm. But home field advantage in college sports, especially college football, I tell people that all the time. Um, after you know being on a sideline and being in the stands as both a player and a fan, it's like you, player. You can tell a difference. The, a stadium can be electric. It can, you know, it, it can change the way 
it can change play on the field. It can change the attitude of a team. Um, if the team's down and the fans are down and it, it's poor body language to, with 90,000 fans, it's like, all right, it's hard to get contagious. If the place is still rocking, you know, that's where you see big comebacks and, and, and stadiums explode. So, yeah, I mean, especially with the, in, the, in this conference, man, I mean, these stadiums are unbelievable, state-of-the-art, can fit a ton of people, a small city. It's going to be it's going to be interesting as we get deeper into this SEC play, looking ahead like this weekend, you know, you've got LSU, some just some games I'm going to highlight before we put our picks in here, Carter. LSU at Mississippi State, the Cowbells mm-hmm. are going to be rocking. Um, that's going to be a really, <laughs> loud, really loud stadium. And it's Coach O versus Coach Leach. I mean, they could do a mini series just on this game. If they could just mic up both these coaches and we get to hear everything they're saying <laughs> between Coach O and Coach Leach, I mean, you can put that on HBO. <laughs> I mean, the big game is Georgia Vanderbilt, obviously. I mean, Vanderbilt's <laughs> definitely got a shot. <laughs> it's at home. The the big the big game for the week is Texas A&M at Arkansas. That's that was the other thing. The other one I was going to touch on is that you look at Arkansas upsetting Texas a couple weeks ago uh, in Fayetteville, and it's mm. uh, you know watch out for that to happen again. That, that they had that stadium rocking. The team was feeding off of it. The team played so well that game. I think they're going to have a similar game plan. Texas A&M is going to be a tougher opponent than Texas, even though we've talked about. They've been a little bit disappointing coming out uh, with some of their games. You know, squeaking past Colorado, starting off slow against Kent State, losing their quarterback, starting quarterback, and um, I, I just think that that's going to be that's gonna, that's the game of the week to watch within the conference, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. The other one, it, which other people might not agree, but after seeing Florida play Alabama so well, everybody's going to go. I think Tennessee is like a twenty point dog. But watch out for Tennessee. I'm not going to say – we'll get into our picks in a minute. I'm not going to say UT is going to win the football game. Just watch out for them. If they, if Hyper can get those guys either. to come out with a – if they can get Tennessee to come out with a fast start and uh, with pace on offense, have a little clarity with their quarterback, a little bit of leadership, know where, when and where, what spots to hit against Florida's defense. And then if they can – their run defense can step up. If they can get up early, they can at least make it a ball game. I'm not I'm, – UT can't win. Um, I got Florida winning that game, which we'll get to here in a second. But UT is one to watch out for. Carter, let's go through these picks. I'm filling in real quick for Zach. He sent me over his picks as he couldn't join us. Um, we're going to start from the top. You ready to rock? Let's do it, man. UGA Vandy, uh, UGA coming to Nashville. Are you going to the game? No. <laughs> <laughs> you got better things to be doing at eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. on Saturday. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kayaking, dude. Oh, the weather's perfect for it. Yeah, fall weather's here, baby. Uh, maybe maybe get the game on my phone. I'll listen to the radio broadcast. Yeah, Good get time. the updates. Uh, so UGA at Vandy, Zach's got UGA, I've got UGA. Are you sticking to your guns and your roots? Are you taking Vandy to upset <laughs> Man, I'm a Vandy grad. I am a smart guy. I'm going to go yeah, Georgia. Are true. you freaking kidding? <laughs> All right. It's going to be, it's going to feel like a home game for Georgia. I've been there when the team does well for Vanderbilt and it's yeah. still, you know, 50, 50 fans on either side of the ball. So I got Georgia. Well, yeah, there's there's worse places to go for your weekend if you're an away team. If you're a college kid in Athens, it's like, <laughs> let's go to Na- Nashville. Let's go to Nashville. Nashville might, be the, my, Nashville might be the only other city with the same amount of bars as Athens, Georgia. So they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go to Nashville <laughs> for the weekend. Uh, next up, the one we just talked about a little bit, Coach O versus Coach Leach, LSU at Mississippi State in Starkville. Zach took his alma mater, LSU, rightfully so. 
I am taking Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a uh, two-and-a-half-point dog, so they're at home catching two-and-a-half points. I'm taking Mm. them on the money line. I think Mississippi State uh, upsets LSU. This is a bold take, honestly. Max Johnson came out last week. I know they didn't play the greatest team, but they played a Central Michigan team. Max Johnson came out um, and lit it up. He, you know, All the things we were questioning about him in the first week in the UCLA game. He kind of mm-hmm. proved wrong against a lesser opponent. But at the same time, uh, UCLA blew a game against a pretty easy opponent last week. So um, he ended up – Max Johnson ended up going 26 of 35, 372 yards, spinning the ball, five touchdowns and a pick. I mean, like I said, not discrediting that at all because it's an easier opponent. Like I said something in week one about Central – when Central – oh, yeah, Central Michigan covered against uh, Missouri. I said that was going to happen. Um, Central, Central Michigan's not a bad team, the Chippewas. And so they're not an SEC team by any means, but great numbers from Max Johnson, a huge bounce back. That's scary going into Mississippi State, but I'm still going to take Mississippi State just just because of the swirly here. There's got to be a differentiator, a couple of them <laughs> throughout the slate here. And so um, I'm going to keep it spicy, and I'm going Mississippi State. Zach's on LSU. Who you got, Alex? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Zach's pick too. I'm going LSU. I think I like they just it. have the history, and I think they're gonna they have something to prove right now. They need that. Yeah. They want that number yeah. <laughs> by their they name, de- so they're gonna yeah, come in. They hot. definitely do. They definitely do. And it's time for them to kind of. They, they had a, a great win over Central Michigan. Like I said, their quarterback played well. Their defense played great. Derek Stingley had an awesome game. Um, it's time for them to kind of get into, like we said, everybody's getting into the meat of the season here, um, mm-hmm. divisionally in the conference and interconference. And um, it's time to get the ball rolling if you're going to be one of those teams. And so I agree with you there. Uh, my Mississippi State pick is a hot take. Uh, next up, we have Missouri at Boston College. Boston College. Going to Boston College. Missouri, Basilak has been doing what we thought he'd do. He's been putting points up. The kid can throw the football. Um, Zach is riding Missouri, the SEC team. I'm doing the same. I'm on You're going to go with Missouri? I don't know. I was just going to say, I was going to admit, I'm going with Missouri because I've watched a little bit of Missouri because they're an SEC team, and I don't know anything about Boston College. I don't <laughs> even know who they've played up to this point. And so Missouri's the Missouri's the pick, SEC all the way, Basilac Nation stand up. Yeah, man. Well, UPenn versus Auburn, uh, I lifted up the eight ball, and the eight ball was right, so I'm going to do the same thing here. Give the old eight ball a shake. All right, let's go. Will Boston College win against Missouri? Contacting the Oracle. Come on, Mattel. Without a doubt, I'm going Boston College. Wow. Man. Boston the eight ball was right last know. week, wasn't it? It was. Did we ask the, yeah. We asked the eight ball on which game? The Penn State game? Yeah, Penn State versus Auburn. Picked wow. Penn. Wow. What yeah. if the, we're going to have to start a new column here. What is what, what the eight ball goes? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the eight ball wins. If the eight ball beats all three of us, then we just all three have to get a swirly, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> if, we beat, if, we, if we beat the eight ball, we throw it in the toilet. I don't know what, what happens there. Yeah. So you're going BC. All right. Cool. With the riding with the prop. I don't, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> next up, we got the game we talked about, feature game of the week. Texas A&M at Arkansas, uh, number seven going to number 16. Texas A&M only favored four and a half points, um, which I think is still too many. I, I I think Arkansas wins this game outright. I think they cover the spread, obviously. I think they win, bet the money line. Um, 
the under came out just saying this is a little quick betting tidbit the under came out at 50 i think it's already down to like 46 so watch out for that but uh I can see the under hitting too, but Texas A&M is going to come out. They're going to have Jimbo is a game that Jimbo has to come out and win. I don't think they can do it because of the talent Arkansas has on offense and they have big playmakers. Like I've been who I've been talking about all year. Traylon Burks, a wide receiver, had a hell of a week last week. Um, he had a great game against Texas when they upset them. Sam Pittman, they, they stormed the field. They're ready to – they t- already took down Texas. Now they're ready to take mm-hmm. down another Texas team, the only other Texas team, Texas A&M. This, this, these fans got a taste of what it's like, you know, in that Texas game a couple weeks ago. They're going to be str- showing up just as fired up, just as strong in numbers, if not stronger. Uh, it's a 2.30 CBS game. I just see it rocking in Fayetteville. I think Arkansas is rolling right now. Texas A&M has squeaked out a couple. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think their offense is there yet to keep up with Arkansas. Uh, as we always say, Texas A&M, has a, Texas A&M has a great defense, but it hasn't been – they haven't done enough to impress me. Uh, if this game was in Aggieland, if, um, if it was at College Station, I'd, I'd probably take Texas A&M. I think this is one of those games like we talked about, Carter, where home field advantage wins this game. I've got Arkansas raising, Razorbacks, and Zach did as well. Zach's on Arkansas. Yeah, I'm also rolling with the bacon again this week. They're three and zero. Both teams are three and zero, though, so it's going to be a great game either way. But yeah, I think I think Arkansas is going to plot the win for same reason, home field advantage. Absolutely. All right, we're all even there on an upset. I like that. Um, who we got next? Georgia State versus Auburn. Yeah, this will be a this will be a boring game. I think. Um, I I expect. Auburn's a little let down after that week because they it was one of those games, like I said, they had it in their grasp. They could have won that game. Less a few mistakes, less a few crazy plays. Um, Auburn could win that could have won that game easily. So I think they're beating each, beating themselves up. But also, like everybody else, their schedule heats up right now. So it's time. You don't have time to sulk about that. I think Auburn comes out and, and beats the stew out. They might be there might be a little bit of a slow start. if I'm if I'm Auburn, um, if, if I'm Brian Harson, if I'm Bo Nix, this game right here, if you win the coin toss, I want the football first. We're going to go score immediately mm-hmm. and then challenge the defense to get off the field as fast as possible. I'm trying to get out there and run and kind of treat it like they did their first couple games. Run the score up. Win 156 nothing. Win something 49-7. to seven. Uh, The spread's only 27, which I, I thought was strange. I'm taking Auburn to win by 35 or more. Auburn wins the game. Zach's on Auburn as well. Who you got, Carter? Man, I've definitely gone Auburn for this one too. Is I mean, it's a smaller school, Georgia State, so Auburn's going to come out and come out slinging. I think they're going to win forty-five-seven. All right, next up, big game that we've previewed a little bit earlier before we mm-hmm. get to the Kentucky South Carolina game. Florida, it's in the swamp. Yeah, so that's a complete game changer. Still, I stick by what I said as far as Tennessee. If Tennessee can get out early, um, early and often, when set a pace. I'm, I'm telling – I'm doing the same thing if I'm hypo. If, you know, this is a game where you know you're expected to lose. If you win the you win the toss, get the ball first and go. You try to score as much as you can, as early as you can. Tennessee's got the fast-paced offense. They've shown that they've been able to put up some points. They've struggled. Obviously, it's Tennessee. Both teams are 2-1. and one. Granted, you know, Tennessee's losses to a Pittsburgh team. Florida lost to Bama. Um, I've, I've got Florida <laughs> winning the game, but – uh, I've got ten, if Tennessee can come out and punch him in the mouth early, I've got Tennessee sticking around this game and, and I could see them covering the 20, 19 and a half, 20 points. 
um, that Florida is favored. But yeah, Florida impressed me a lot last week. They're Dan, Dan Mullen is going to Dan Mullen. This is a rivalry game in the East, regardless of how good or bad either team is. So Florida fans are going to be up. The Swamp was rocking last week for Bama. It's going to be the same this week. That's a game changer. So Tennessee just can't get it done. I don't see it happening. It doesn't matter which, whichever – whether it's Milton or Hooker that's yeah. playing or both of them. Uh, they can't <laughs> compete. They can't compete with Florida uh, down the stretch, especially if my guy Anthony uh, – if AR-15 gets in there, Anthony Richardson gets in there and plays some with or – uh, late with Emory Jones or after him, um, Florida can be explosive. We saw what they can do running the football with both the quarterback and the running back. Uh, so Zach's on Florida. I'm on Florida. Carter? Also on Florida. Hey, if, yep, we, uh, if we, all win, we all win, yep. Yep. we all win. Yep. We all sink. Absolutely. I th- uh, next up is Kentucky at South Carolina. Uh, these are two unranked teams, but Kentucky's 3-0. Like I said, they squeaked out a win last week uh, against UTC, but that's just one of those games where UTC and, like, the App States and the, those those FCS teams that are pretty gritty, they get – like, that's the game of the year for them. You know, going to an SEC school, Kentucky probably came out flat. You know, or they definitely came out flat. Probably what weren't ready, didn't prepare – prepare well i don't know that i'm just guessing that's what happens a lot of times in those games south carolina got beat up pretty good by georgia but uh i loved um beamer shane beamer's post-game interview or maybe it was the day after the media asked him they're like you know what was the uh how hard was it to you know get the ball rolling? How or how, how big of a difference does that defense Georgia defensive line have on your offensive game plan? How hard was it to you know get those first downs and create those big plays? And he was like, they've got like a hundred five star. I, I, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but <laughs> since I'm like they've got like a hundred five stars and they have all the best players in the country pretty much, and then their backups are great and everybody's bigger and stronger and faster and faster and more physical. He's like, I mean, yeah, like. What do you expect? I'm pretty sure he ended it with like, "Damn, like what? What do you expect?" Like me, these media <laughs> That's the whole questions. Game. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I thought that was pretty funny and spot on. Like Georgia looks dominant. I, I I honestly think that Georgia should be ranked number one over Alabama right now, um, hmm. just by their the margin of victories and the way the fashion they've done it in and like beat up on teams with Stetson Bennett, their backup quarterback. JT Daniels looked great last week against South Carolina. Um, so with that being said, you know, South Carolina played, they put up a fight. They actually covered. They didn't, Georgia was a 31 point favorite and they didn't end up covering. Um, and so South Carolina's at home for this game again. So I think that, you know, it's going to be a close one. I'm, I'm going to ride my stoops wagon, even though Kentucky looked down last week. They've got a better team. They've got a more experienced team. There's a little bit of a question mark this week at South Carolina. Zach's boy, Zeb. He Zeb. Uh, yeah, Zeb Nolan. He he had gotten he had gotten a little hurt, and they were talking about Luke Doty, the original, who's supposed to be the original starting quarterback for the year before he got hurt, is good enough, healthy enough to come back. So it'll be interesting to see who starts at quarterback there. That can make a difference. Um, if these guys, if if Zeb Nolan's hurt and they don't have, you know any other option but to go with Doty, who might not be 100%, but might be 90%, might make it a little bit of a difference in the flow of that offense. Um, 
is it's one of those things as soon as your receivers and your your offensive line and your running backs your offense is starting to gel and get used to the leadership at the gun with a certain guy um mm-hmm. you hate for him to get injured and have to bring in Doty which Doty's was going to be the starter he's talented enough to do it but it's one of those things of getting back and figuring out each other's instincts and rhythms and motions and having that wavelength with your receivers um I'm taking Kentucky in this game and I'm it's it's my most hesitant pick, uh, but I'm I'm putting it in ink right here. I'm on Kentucky. Zach is on South Carolina. Hmm. I think I'm going to go South Carolina, and I think what's going to happen is they're going to run the ball a lot more and just rely on the O line to to push. Um, it's at yeah. home, so um, Kentucky's been good, but I think South South Carolina wins. Yeah, I, I think, think it's going to be think- a good game. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be a good game. I think, like we said earlier, it's another one of those games where home field advantage might end up winning the ball game there. Mm-hmm. It's going to get, it's going to be rocking in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, that, that they rock for whatever game it is. Uh, it doesn't matter who the opponent is, but this is a, a you know a divisional uh, opponent here in the SEC East with Kentucky. So we'll see. It should be a good one. Um, and then the last game on the slate for the weekend is uh, Southern Miss at Alabama. Um, like we, we, we talked about the Alabama Florida game already. Um, you know, Alabama has got to do, here, here's what I'm going to say about Alabama. Alabama came out and looked great against Miami. Uh, we got a big win week one in Atlanta against Miami. They come back the next week and play Mercer and, and they didn't get any better. Saban came out and said, we, we've had a, he didn't say this verbatim, but pretty much he said, we've had a shitty week of practice we haven't gotten better guys aren't doing what they're supposed to do and then you came out and you saw that on the field yeah alabama beat mercer it's mercer uh but they gave up two touchdowns to mercer they made some key mistakes they turned the ball over um yes some younger guys got exposure in that game that's what happens in those games when little dogs come to play big dogs you're going to get your second and third stringer some looks in get your number one guy some rest that's great that that, that is a positive takeaway but overall as a team You've got to get better each week, regardless of who your opponent is. You've got to get better each week to continue to progress if you want to stay on track uh, to meet the end goal, you know. And so I'm, I, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, Alabama's a 45-point favorite. I've got Alabama winning um, the game. I don't necessarily – I'm not going to bet on Alabama minus 45 points. Would love to see it happen. But I've got Alabama winning the game. But what I, what I, the challenge for Alabama here is after a game, a road game – in Gainesville that was came down to the wire. Uh, they showed, you know, they gave up a, a big lead, but they showed grit and got it done, uh, escaped with a win, if you will. But um, I, I look forward and challenge Alabama to see them come out and get better this week and not come out flat after a big road game. Adrenaline's not going to be as high. Um, it is a night game in Bryant-Denny. The light show will be going on. It'll be a packed stadium. It's Southern Miss. They're one and two. It's not a great ball club. Uh, it, it shouldn't be close, but it's it's really not about the score here. It's about Alabama getting better in all three facets of the game, and uh, I'll be interested to see if they do that. If they don't, I'm going to tell you right now, Carter, if they don't and Georgia comes out and slices Vandy open like they should, I will not be surprised if Georgia is number one next hmm. week and Alabama drops the two. Yeah, that man, I I could see that happening. I think that's a, that's a great prediction. Um, man, obviously I got Alabama to win this one. Yeah, um, I've been to the Coliseum, at least outside of it. Man, that place is freaking huge. <laughs> oh, in Tuscaloosa? Not, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It is, it is wild. Brian Denny Stadium is BDS, baby. Brian Denny. Is, uh, 
Yeah, it is sick. Um, especially since I grew up going to games there and it's, uh, it's always been a rocking stadium, but since they've closed it in and done all the, since Alabama has become on, gone on this dynasty run and they've got all this money, they've built that thing out. And it is, uh, it's a fun place to be at a football game, especially yeah. a night game. Now, I mean, all these stadiums have it now, Georgia, um, pretty much all the big power five schools have it, but the, uh, the light show, I mean, you've got several drinks in you, a three or four touchdown lead, and at 7.30 <laughs> or 8 p.m., somebody picks off a ball in the end zone and runs it back 99 yards for a touchdown, and the light show starts going and some rap music starts playing. Ooh. You're you you like you're like, throw me some pads. I'm ready to suit up. You can run through a brick wall. You're so fired <laughs> up. Kind of the main takeaway from this week, game of the week that we're that we're putting out here is Texas A&M Arkansas. But we've got a couple on the pick sheet here that are going to come down um, that are close. The USC Kentucky game, I stand alone with Kentucky. The LSU Mississippi State game, I stand alone with Mississippi State. Both those games are going to be awesome. I think they're going to be really close games. Texas A&M Arkansas game of the week, two thirty uh, CBS game, uh, going to be rocking in Fayetteville. I'm excited to watch that football game. Um, but, yeah, like we said, the swirly standings are close. This is going to be a big week. We could see a lead change for sure. But it's just it's still early, baby. It's, it's a it's long season. It's still getting started. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, we uh, missed out on having our, our, our main guy, Zach, this week. Um, but he will be back with us next week. Um, as always, guys, we appreciate the listen, uh, the follow, the subscribe, the share, everything you can do. We're trying to build this puppy up, and we're having a great time doing it. Uh, talking SEC football, talking quarterback play, talking all things SEC. Uh, look back on last week, a look look ahead to this week in our predictions. Uh, we'll be back next week with our full cast and possibly a special guest, so stay tuned for that. Uh, thanks again for listening in. I'm your co-host and host for the day, Riley Senior, joined by my co-host and our awesome producer, Mr. Alex Carter. Uh, cheers, everybody. Have a good weekend. Oh, hit that thing again. There it is. <laughs> Peace. Let's go watch some American football. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.